Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our take on it. It's your girl, Deborah and Jackie, and we're in the studio. And today's discussion is friends and money. And I think this is a very, very relatable subject matter that everyone can actually dig into. It's a hot topic. It's a very hot topic. And, you know, Jackie, one of my favorite quote is never let money be the reason you lose a friend and never let never lose a friend over money. And also the Bible talks about that in Proverbs 22, seven, it says, just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is servant to the lender. 26 and 27 also says, don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. If you can't pay it, even your bed will be snatched from under you. Can you imagine? That not, is can so you imagine powerful. I yeah. owe you money and you came and snatched <laughs> my bed from under me? Like, oh my God, she take the bugs and everything with her. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that really hits the, the point, you know, which is to say they could take you for everything. They, yeah. they can bring you down. Yeah. You know, that if you make that choice to lend to the wrong person, you could be in a crisis. You could be in a crisis. Jackie, we all have that friend or a friend of a friend who find themselves in a crisis and they came to you as your friend and says, you know, look, my life is in a little bit of a hiccup and I was wondering if I can borrow X amount of money from you. Now you and this person go way back, you know, their history, you trust them. You're like, you know what? I've been saving for something very important, you know, for emergency or whatever the case may be. But because you're my friend, I will lend you to get you out of this hole that you're in. And you go into your savings or whatever money you have and you lend it to that person. It doesn't matter whether it's $100 or $1,000. You lend it to the person because the person said, I will repay you as soon as possible, right? Because you know what? The friendship is so much more. Yeah, it's it's kind of a vague statement. You know, you don't have any contractual agreement. No, just a verbal. You just have a verbal statement, but it's a surety in your opinion because you trust that person. Yes, and a friend in need is a friend indeed. So anyway, you go ahead and you lend this person the money and... After a while, the person said, I'll pay you back at the end of the month. Well, one month came, nothing. Two months came, nothing. Not even a phone call yeah. or a text message. This I want to know something, people. Why is it that people are never in the same mood they want to pay you back the way they came to borrow? Like, when they come to borrow, it's like saying, can I borrow $10 from you, but you'll never see me or the $10 again? You know what I mean? They might as well say that. Yeah. Well, they come to you humbly, you know, and as they say in the Caribbean, humble calves suck the most milk, <laughs> you know, so they really come at you very humbly. I really could use your help, you know, yes. and it seems so sincere and so genuine and you do want to help. And in the context of the Bible, you know, uh, sowing a seed is, is money. And it means that you should do your best to give because the returns come back to you. Mm -hmm. So you look at it from the principle, like I'm really doing something. I will put myself out for the other person. But when you see that that person had no intention of repaying you, that they deliberately just wanted to get something that they needed for whatever reason, because they never really may have even told you the truth about the the necessity for the money situation. But all of a sudden, it becomes very difficult, if not impossible, for you to get back this money that you gave. Absolutely. So your, your friendship is in crisis right away because you, you have to change your opinion about that person. When you all of a sudden realize that they're avoiding your phone calls, they're avoiding your texts, and they're going out of their way to make sure they almost don't run into you in a social circle or something. Yeah. They're thinking, okay, well, I live far enough away. I can do my groceries and go to my <laughs> drugstore here, and I'm not likely to see this person. But, you know, all of a sudden, as you say, their demeanor changes because they really – 
realize that you have expectations and they don't know how to fulfill it. So instead of coming to you honestly and at least acknowledging the debt and saying it may take me a little bit more time to settle this, they, avoid they choose you. to avoid you. Yeah. I mean, they come to you very skinny, borrowing this money. And when you see them, they're as fat as a cow. So how have you been eating and you can't pay me back? You know, that really yeah. concerns me. You know, you're avoiding my texts. You're avoiding my phone calls. And then the, 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 the best part of it is that when you meet them in public, they say, oh, my God, you know what? I meant to call you, you know, because I was saying, Lord, you must say I'm not paying you back. Well, I did say you're not paying me back because it's been three months since I, I lent you exactly. the money. Yeah. Well, you know what? Things been so hard. You know what? I will pay you back. And all of a sudden, another three months goes by. You don't hear from them you again. Don't hear from them. So yeah. my policy is, Jackie... I never lend a friend money that I can't afford to lose. If they ask me for a hundred dollars, let's say if I have a lot of money, I don't mind giving you a hundred dollars. I'll tell you, don't worry about it. Keep it because you know what? That's the best thing I can do to save our friendship. Yeah. But if you ask me for a substantial amount of money and I'm just going to say a hundred dollars again, and I know I can't afford to lose a hundred dollars, I'm going to give you $25 and say, you know what? Keep that. I don't know who you're going to go beg for the next 75 of it, but I guarantee you I'm not the first and only person that you've been hit up for money. You hit up a lot of people, you rack up a lot of debt, and you've been running crazy hiding from everybody. Yeah, I was going to say that's a very good point because I think that when people do get into the habit of borrowing money, they do hit up more than one person. Yeah. And the chances are they may not be in your circle, so you may not know that, that this person is perpetually short of money for whatever lifestyle they have, and they're always trying to to uh, sponge off of somebody. Mm -hmm. So it could be something as simple as borrowing money for food, or it could be more serious, like your rent or, you know, to meet a car payment or something. But whatever it is, this person has an access point and they, they go there. I know even in families, you know, I know two brothers, you know, one is very organized financially. He pays his bills well. The other brother is, you know, a walking disaster and he has borrowed a lot of money. He has had the other brother take money from credit cards to advance it to him and everything. And eventually they bottomed out. They just reached the point where they don't even talk to each other mm -hmm. because, you know, the other one just was really constantly saying, I'm short, I'm short, I need you, I need you. And he tried to be nice and it reached a breaking point because the other person just, you know, said, I got to get away from this. I cannot be a victim of, of you needing money and you coming to me all the time. Well, there are people who never really call you and unless they need something, like especially family members. I know family members who would call you and be like, how you do? Long time in I talk to you. Okay. So anyways, I was wondering if you could lend me Certain amount of money. What do you mean certain amount of money? You're not working? No, me ain't had no job. Okay. So you ain't called me in like a year and all of a sudden you calling me and asking me for money. What kind of money me ask you for? A hundred dollars? That money? Yeah. That money? What do you mean? If that's not money, why are you asking me? That's not money. And they sound angry too. Yeah, that, that, they get that angry. even questioning, you know, <laughs> the fact that they have to make this request. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult issue. But I, I like that quote, Deb, when you said the borrower becomes a slave to the lender. Yes. And in this day and age, people, uh, most people know what debt is because we have to incur debt to get the things we need in mm -hmm. life. So we owe debts to the banks, you know, for our vehicles, for our, our home that we live in. So we know what it's like to pay debt. And for a lot of people, managing their own affairs is pretty much close to a shoestring. You know, mm -hmm. it's a balancing act. It's a juggling act. We try to, to, uh, to, you know, give to our church or to help out in our community where we can, but we have to realize that 
just making yourself available to provide for other people's needs, like to give your friend money whenever they need it, is not really something that people should constantly lean on you for. You know, to me, that is violating the boundaries of friendship, you know, to expect someone to always constantly be bailing you out of a situation. But you know something I also noticed, Jackie, like in not America, everyone lives on credit. Yeah. Credit card for this, credit card for that. When you're in the Caribbean, back when I was growing up, nobody knew anything about, about credit card. So even though they, they look at the Caribbean people as poor, we were actually rich because we didn't owe any debt. That, really. that, that's an excellent point because I was just thinking when I used to travel to Jamaica and spend summers there, that's exactly how my cousins viewed it because they saw me coming from an affluent country yeah. and they always thought I had more money to give them. Yeah. And I would be like, you know, Trevor, hey, I don't have the money. You know, I, I, I bring my visa down here. I bring my MasterCard. This is what I'm buying things with. This is what I'm paying for hotels or for if I go for ice cream or things. This is what I'm using is credit to, to pay for things. But as you say, they were the ones sitting on money yeah. because they had to pay everything cash. So they learned to put away money very, very carefully. Exactly. As a matter of fact, one of my cousins, you know, she was the most low key thing. I'm telling you, almost maiden like, you know, in the way she acted like she had nothing. And I remember a couple of years later that all of a sudden she had this boyfriend and a house set up for her in New York. And I was like, what the heck? Little, little Michelle, you know, and she had been plotting for years, you know, because as you say, everything is out of your pocket there. Yeah. You have to pay for things right away. So there's no credit. So there is a different perspective on money and family and friends and everything. It's a different perspective. Well, it's the way the system is set up. The system is designed to keep you broke. That is basically what that is and to ruin your credit because what the hell an 18 year old need with a credit card? You ain't got no job. Why you got a credit card? You know what I mean? And like I said, like in Africa and the Caribbean, those people are considered rich because they have to pay from pocket everything. It's cash on demand. It is. It's not credit. Yeah. And we out here living on credit and acting like we're rich. In fact, we use credit to slap you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's true. Like, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. Credit is great because there are some things that we can't afford to just spend cash, you know, on. We rather pay for it on a monthly basis or a weekly basis. And so that, that, that is a good way to do it. But at the end of the day, you die still paying for things that you haven't, that you own, that you don't even own. The, the people still own it as long as you're still paying. You know it is, what I mean? It is very true. I think for friendship, you know, it, it becomes an issue that you really have to sort of say to yourself, you know, I like your point that I will help you out with this. This is what I can give you. Yeah. But I think when it comes to the larger amount, you should be very careful. Even with your family, don't co-sign loans, no. these kind of things. That's extremely dangerous to do for anybody because that can get you in a lot of legal hot water. And I know in my case, I have only one sister and it would be a very, very dry period if I was waiting for my sister to lend me anything. And I wouldn't say that she's necessarily mean, but she's organized her life, you know, based on how she has to live as, as a single woman with her daughter and her responsibilities and her home. And, you know, if she could help you, she probably would. But as you say, with certain boundaries on, but she would definitely, definitely expect you to repay. And if you didn't, that would that would definitely uh, Im impair the relationship. It you would. know, it's funny when the scripture here, Proverbs twenty two twenty six says, don't agree to guarantee another person's debt or put up security for someone else. I remember when my my youngest brother came to Canada and um, he's a little troublemaker, you know, yeah. he, he got involved in certain things and he ended up 
going to prison. And so he wanted somebody to bail him. So I had to go and bail him. And of course, as a surety, I had to put up my house behind my husband's back. Oh, wow. To, to, to get him out. And any, any wrong move, I could lose my house, Jeez. you know? And then when I thought about the implication that I have created to help him, and then I see he went again and did something wrong and get thrown back in jail. So when I went to go bail him a second time, the judge said to me, you are not a good surety. I am not going to let you put up anything, not even money or your house this time to get him up because obviously he doesn't want to change. Good for him. And I'm not going to let you lose what you've worked so hard for to save somebody who doesn't want to save themselves. Mm -hmm. And right there and then I realized, wow, some of the judge might be like, okay, we're going to take your house because why he broke the, the rules of his parole. Yeah. You know, and he was very lenient and you may not have, people in your life that might be that lenient when you sign something or for instance you help a friend sign a loan to get a car and that person decide not to pay the, the payments on the car they forfeit the car and then next thing is no it's you have to pay you it. have to meet those payments you understand yeah. and you already have so much to account for you can't take on other debts you are doing this out of the goodness of your heart and then before you know you end up with a car where you don't have a driver's license to drive it so what are you going to do with the car and once the car leaves the lot, it lost its value. So what value is that to you? You're in a so, major crisis. So, you know, when, when, when I tell people that wisdom really comes from this book and how you can use it so much to advance your life, you think I'm joking. This is serious. Like the word of God is so strong. It's so powerful and empowering that. It's prophetic. It's very. It shows things that have actually happened. People who have lived through circumstances. And they always say the best way to learn from something is to not do what somebody else did. That's, and you know, and and this is, this is, it's all contained in the Bible. The Bible is doctrine that is really, look, saying to you, look what happened in this situation. Mm -hmm. If you don't want your life to fall into this kind of pit or this kind of a hole, don't do it. You know, see what happened here and learn from it. But you know, the fact that you just to piggyback on what you said, if you want to see something like don't do it, kids have a tendency of doing the things that they're not supposed to do to see how it turns out. And they always see how it turns out. And we always as, as adults or human, we always have to do the don'ts to see how it turns out. Whether we get fair amount of warning, no matter who tells us, no matter whose experience is supposed to shape our lives, we want to make our own mistakes. We want to fall into our own pit. We want to dig ourselves out. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? And that is the nature of people to try and do things on their own, to accomplish it. But if you have a friend and you really trust and believe in that friend and love that friend and you want to save that friendship, when it comes to money, you got to be wise about it. You do. You're either going to have to lose the money and keep the friend or lose the money and lose the friend. It's true. And and when you say that the Bible is such a foundation, Deb, which you mentioned in your life, how important it is and how we're really trying to show people that this is something that everybody should take with a great deal of seriousness because it it contains such valuable insights Mm -hmm. for how to direct and guide their life. You know, what you really are saying is that this wisdom is what's in the Bible. Great, great, great wisdom. Yeah. You know, wisdom on every single subject wisdom. Right now we're talking about friendship and money, but it is just wisdom, which is so incredible because as I say, it is how to design your thought processes, how to get the mind 
to use the greatest amount of logic and and good skillful thinking you know when you make a decision well solomon says it best solomon says money can buy you almost anything in this world but wisdom is what will save your life wow beautiful yeah you know and you know the, again the basic scripture which even comes before all this is that money is the root of all evil we yes. always hear that the love for money yeah, you just the qualified love for it there. Money. Yeah, because what that means is if you put money ahead of things, including people, you are making the wrong choices in mm -hmm. life. But at the same time, none of us can deny the fact that money does have a certain value when it comes to getting things and providing for our well-being. But we cannot worship that money. But And at the same time, we shouldn't be reckless with it either. So it's a balancing act there. That's how you use wisdom to get that balance. What I always see money and jealousy goes together because jealousy is one step away from murder. And what do most people kill for? Money. Money. Yeah, it's true. Money. Money will, will drive people apart and money will bring people together. So, I mean, this world runs on money. Every single thing from, from the way you sleep to the way you eat, to the way you dress, to the way you look, even going to church to pay your tithes, like money runs this world. And people, unfortunately, look at money as their God. They do. They absolutely do. They That's worship it. it. They worship it. They worship it. And you might say, oh, I don't worship physical money. Well, you don't have to worship physical dollars, but you worship the things that you purchase with that money, you know? Like people would buy a house and they would have a living room and say, nobody don't go in this living room. No, 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 no. That's it. <laughs> you it's, know, that, that's a cutoff. It's cut a sanctuary. Off. It's a exactly. sanctuary. You Just know what I mean? Just look and don't touch. Yeah. That, yeah so. It's an unrealistic way of being. But when you're wise with money, you realize that you, you use money wisely and you, you care about people and you care about things, but your love centers around the the utility of money but but the, the wise utilization of it that's what that's what it is about and i want to end this podcast by reading proverbs 23 uh, verse 4 it says don't wear yourself out trying to get rich be wise enough to know when to quit in the blink of an eye wealth disappears for it will sprout wings and fly away like eagle <laughs> and so would be your friends when they borrow money and you'll never see them again <laughs> They fly away like eagle. So be smart and be wise. Let me tell you, I've had my experience. And trust me, experience is my best teacher. It is your best teacher. Yeah, I, I personally am not really somebody who's really ever lent a lot of money to people. Not because I'm stingy or something. But you're but always looking for money. So. I, I, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the hunt for it. Yeah, You know, ways to earn it or to get it or something. But I really have never really approached anyone for money. Now, I have had good friends who have helped me mm -hmm. when I have needed help. And I appreciate that. And I never lose sight of that. So I'm one of these people that if you do something good for me, I will reward you for it. It may not be immediately, but right. I will find a way to give back double or triple what you have done for me. And it's the same way. If you do something bad, I go the other way, you know, and my memory is long in that regard too. And you know, we yeah. have, we have all heard of people who have won millions of dollars and then yeah. lost everything. Even the average person can spend an, inher in, an inheritance or a paycheck in one day. You know what I mean? Oh. And with lightning speed and earthly treasures instead, store up your treasures in heaven. That's what I'll say. Store up your treasures in heaven because money come and money go. But friendship, 
Friendship is supposed to be so much more meaningful and special than money. So I guess we should probably end Deb by saying that really, if you have a good friend and you, you lend to that friend in honesty, I think that friend should love you enough to want to pay you back and yes. want to make an effort to be just as honest with you. Yes. So look at yourself as having a friend is a, is a treasure in this life, you know, to have a good friend. And when somebody helps you, always think about reciprocating because that's the way to keep your karma good and that's the way to really honor God in the way that thing, that you do things because there is a circle of life and it does come full circle. And also, if that friend decides not to pay you back sometimes... It's not worth even writing that person off as a friend. Just know your limits as to what you will do and what you won't do again in the future, but still keep them around because trust me, not everyone is blessed and highly favored. God always bless someone to bless someone. So maybe you can be a blessing in that person's life and they don't even know that they're messing up their own blessings. Well said. Yeah. All right. My name is Deborah. And my name is Jackie. Thank you guys for listening. Oh my God. The weather is so beautiful. It is. We're getting there. Yeah, it's on the horizon. Summer, I see it. I, I do see, see it. it. Yep.